For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every major social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and request, and I will probably give you one in return. And also like King David Comedy. That's coming with a K on most major social media platforms. I'm going to talk what else with Wrestling and Problems. Uh, Luckily, there's no pay-per-view this weekend, a major one, so uh, we don't have to do that this week. Um, I don't know why I say it like that. It's not like I hate pay-per-views, but you know, we got like, a lot of news stuff we want to talk about this week, so we're going to get into that. Uh, I guess the biggest story from the past uh, few days was the latest round of WWE releases. Uh, WWE released Tyler Breeze, Fandango, and a few other stars. Uh I'll be using information from SC Scoops as well as information from WrestleTalk.com. So those will be my sources for the day. I'll try to shout out uh, them as much as possible for the uh, information to provide, but I'll, I'll get right into that. Uh, first, the, the big thing a couple days ago was uh, the drip, drip, drip of, and I don't mean the uh, John Morrison version. I mean the more drip of stars being released. Uh, we used to get a round of these releases like every year, it seemed like. Now we get a round, it seems like, every few months. Uh, Nick Khan <laughs> is just slicing and dicing the roster. So uh, we got a list of the, the big names that came out first were obviously Fendigo and Tyler Breeze. Uh, but also they got Aria Debare, Tony Nice, Everrise, August Gray. Bollywood Boys, Kurt Stallion, Arturo Ruas, Marina Shafir, Killian Dane, and Tony Sabatelli. Now, Tino Sabatelli, I didn't even realize he was back on the roster to be cut again because I knew he had been released, and then I'm like, but he's back again. That shows you how much of a best interest I have in his career. Uh, obviously, like I said, Van Dingle and Tyler Breeze have been doing some interesting things, although they hadn't been doing it much lately. But they had done some pretty interesting things uh, in their last run in WWE as well as their run in NXT and the tag team. So a little bit of surprise, even though they were very entertaining. So that said, I did not realize they both had been on the roster for over a decade. Like, I think Tyler Breeze, I think, had been there like 11 years, and Van Dingle had been there like 14. So, you know, that. What? Not, not, not too many people stick around that long. Usually, if you stick around that long, you're making the big money. Uh, although I don't know all the, how much how much your time in development affects that. But as a general in WWE, if you've been there a decade, you're getting the big money. So I don't know. Like I said, again, I don't know if 
NXT, how that factors in there now, particularly now that they're their own thing and not just developmental. So could be something different. I don't know. It could They could have been cut just because they had high uh, salaries relative to what WWE thought they were going to get out of them going forward. That is, that is a possibility. Uh, Tony Nese is a bit of a surprise as well. He's been like a workhorse for them. Like, I don't, maybe, maybe they weren't using him much lately, but I remember, I think it was 2018 or 2019, he wrestled in more matches than anybody in the company, if you count all the brands. So, I was kind of surprised to see him go. They usually like guys that can work a lot and don't take a lot of time off of injury. So, that was a bit of a surprise as well, even though, you know, he's not one of my, hugest favorite guys, but I know he was a guy that worked a lot, so I usually think those would be the guys they would not get rid of, so Ever-Rise were starting, it felt like they were starting to make an impact and get some traction on NXT, so that was a bit of a shock, a bit of a surprise, I wouldn't say a shocker, but a bit of a surprise. They'd been getting a decent amount of screen time on that brand. Uh, Marina Shafir, they had already cut one of the other horsewomen, I believe, prior to that, uh, her tag team partner, so when she was cut, I wasn't that surprise, I was like, I guess we're never going to get the four horsewoman versus four horsewoman thing that, you know, we wanted years ago. So I was, I was, that was one of those things, like, like I said, out of the things that WWE not, never got around to doing that I thought they were going to do at some point that I thought would be kind of important and would be buying money in. Obviously, Steam versus The Undertaker was like number one on the list. Uh, the four horsewoman of WWE versus the four horsewoman at MMA was like number two. This is like, it seems so easy to just set that up. You wouldn't even have to do a lot. It was just there for you to take and you just wasted it. So, uh, that was very, very surprising. Uh, it's, it's weird when you see different people who are dating or different people who are married who end up, you know, being, uh, gone. Obviously, Killian Dane's married to Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross is getting a decent superhero push. Uh, they're married. Uh, so, uh, Mandy, uh, Rose's, uh, boyfriend, I believe is Tino Sabatelli. I hope I got that right. I apologize if I didn't, but I'm pretty sure they are together. So yeah, it's definitely interesting when you like see like you know one person works for the company and one person doesn't. Particularly when there's a release, it's a little bit different if there's a free agency involved or nobody's you know fired per se. Like uh, when you have like we have Renee uh, Young with uh, at the time Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose was the AEW and Renee Young still in the contract. So at least there you know. Nobody's fired. Everybody's still making money. Still, but everybody's making a living. And these other situations, you know, it varies. You know, obviously, the difference between being married and you know dating, or you know, if you're living together, all these situations can be slightly different. But it could definitely cause cause some stress or embarrassment, or you know, any number of issues within a couple. If one person works for one company, one person is either struggling to find a job or doesn't have a job, or you know, just wants to take the time off. You never know. Like I said, everybody's views, quote, hustle culture, are different. Some people think you got to grind, you got to grind, you got to grind. If you're not grinding, if you're not working, you're not doing it. Other people, you know, hey, life is meant to be enjoyed. If you got a time off, if you can afford to take the time off, take the time off. So. But we do risk uh, this various WWE uh, former talent that best in their future endeavors, as WWE does. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of comments yet by all of the different guys. I did see a comment uh, by Tyler Breeze. Uh, he indicated on his uh, streaming session on Twitch uh, 
I was with the company for 11 years. Let me run the biggest wrestling company in the world is unheard of. It's a huge thing. Most people there for three or four years. In fact, I was there for 11 fantastic more than I can ask for. There's a decent amount. I'm not going to say 11 years is unheard of. It's not It's not the rule. It's definitely an exception, but it's not unheard of. Plenty of Undertaker was in WWE for like 30 years. So, you know, guys like Pat Patterson and uh, Brooklyn Baller, all of not just as wrestlers, they had, you know, decades long runs. But I was able to have been there quite a while too. But, uh, so far he hasn't, uh, stated that he's going to continue wrestling. Uh, he's been non-committal. He stated he's not made up his mind yet if he's going to continue. His exact quote was, will I continue my wrestling career? I don't know. We'll have to see. He said, I haven't decided yet. And he does, he does admit that he has a, uh, Another impressive thing about him is he's he had 11 year run there, but he's only 33, so he's still a young guy. He's still, for wrestling purposes, you know, really probably hasn't even entered his prime yet. Because wrestling in your prime is usually your late 30s, early 40s. So uh, he still has a nice you know run left in him. It's not like they get rid of a guy that's you know, okay, we we've seen what he can do. He's 40. I don't think he's gonna get any better. He's We've got the best out of him, so he's he has a ceiling. He's already hit it, so uh, I hope he does not uh, retire. Although wrestling, you know, do wrestlers ever really retire? We, we've discussed that before on the show. Wrestlers don't retire; they either die or the phone stops ringing. <laughs> now, granted, you know there are some people who have injuries concerns and literally can't. For that reason, they they stop. But for the most part, if you're have any measure of health. If you've been in the business that long, there's a good chance you're doing it because you like to do it and you're going to keep doing it until somebody will no longer pay you to do it. So let's get into something a little bit different other than just, you know, sad news of people being cut and whatnot. Let's get into some uh, legal stuff. I know that's always exciting. Let's get into some legal stuff. That's right. Uh, uh, Booker T recently had a lawsuit with Activision regarding the character Nicole Duty. So he did file a lawsuit, so he decided that uh, I'm going to take them to court. They have ripped off GI Bro. So uh, he wasn't having that, so took him to court, and he did not win. So that's money just lost. But basically, Call of Duty had a character... Uh, uh, Booker T claimed to have a copyright on his character G.I. Bro. There was a character called David uh, Prophet Wilkes in Call of Duty 4 Black Ops. Uh, Activist attorney Daryl N. Dury of Dury Tangri told Wooters, uh, we had a lot of confidence that Dury would see things our way and we're really happy that they did. She noted the company's compelling argument that it created Prophet independently, including the story of actor William Romeo, who modeled the character. Apparently, he first sued him in 2019. He said he created G.I. Bro, retired special operations officer for a comic book series. The wrestler alleged that Activision copied most of for his comic for great profit in Black Ops 4. Uh, I could have swore he created G.I. Bro back in uh, his independent wrestling days. That's a separate issue, but I guess he wanted to do a comic book as well for him. So. Uh, the game made million his first three days on sale, so Book T asked that the court award him activist profits attributable to the alleged infringement. 
Now, Activision argued during the four-day trial that, among other things, Booker T lacked evidence that the company had access to the poster and that the image of G.I. Bro was uncopyrightable because it copied an image from Dwayne the Rock Johnson from the neck down. That's a, that's also sort of uh, <laughs> that that that's something I was not aware of. Uh, did uh, Booker T just like have a sketchbook and walk up to the rocks? Can I try? <laughs> it's like the scene in Titanic. <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> and now I'm regretting that I'm picturing that now because I can't get the image out of my head. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Booker T will be getting no money from this. Uh, next, WWE uh, NXT plans to put more folks in the cruiserweight division. It's interesting when WWE has all these uh, releases, and next thing you know, they're uh, doing some more scout, uh, talent scouting as well. So it's kind of weird to go back and forth. And it's like, we got too much talent. We need to find more new talent, even though we just got rid of a bunch of talent. So, uh, Anyway, we'll get into it a little bit uh, later. Uh, Fightful Select and uh, SC Screws is reporting that uh, NXT is looking to emphasize the Cruiserweight division and the title more on their programming on board. See, that's something I never really got, that since uh, WWE moved the Cruiserweight title to NXT, the Cruiserweight title, it seemed for, for the longest time, was never seemed like it was on NXT show at all. Uh, now that Kushida's had it, uh, it's been a little bit more active, I think. But it felt like for the longest time, the title was never on it. And then, uh, actually, they did they did do a little bit more to Santos Escobar as well. Uh, but, and the other weird thing is, like, it's, it's the Cruiserweight title doesn't seem to be on 205 Live that much either. If you have a show dedicated to Cruiserweight Division, you should at least put the champion on it occasionally. That would make a lot of sense. Mary, Kushida won back on April 13th. He won a title. So they've uh, been doing some stuff. Uh, He's been doing his open challenge lately. Uh, Kushida's been against uh, Carmelo Hayes, the former Christian Casanova. Uh, He's supposed to wrestle Kyle Riley in a non-title match um, on NXT this week. a little bit confusing because the man, general manager Regal said that O'Reilly and O'Cole would pick each other's opponents on this show, but Casita challenged O'Reilly, so that's a little bit confusing. But at any rate, uh, there is a Cole O'Reilly match that's uh, going to be on Great American Bash on July 6th. So, uh, looking forward to that. Like I said, Cole O'Reilly, sign me up for that, even though I don't think it's going to be the preferred title. Or theoretically, could it be? No, Adam Cole, uh, I'm not sure how big Kyle O'Reilly is. Uh, I think Adam Cole would probably make the def- make the, uh, let me double check that real fast. Yes. After some extensive research, I've seen that yes, both Adam Cole and uh, Kyle are both just the six feet two hundred pounds. So I guess they do technically both meet the restrictions of uh, the two hundred five live slash uh, NXT cruiserweight title uh, cruiserweight division uh, standard. So I guess they uh, they're both. Uh, eligible to compete for the title. Uh, obviously, in WWE, uh, they do the weird thing where when they had the uh, original t- Cruiserweight tournament, they made everybody literally make sure that they weigh in and 
legitimately they had to be below 205 pounds to compete in the tournament. And then once they had the cruiserweight title, they're like, eh, if we say you're too, below 205, you're 205. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, but uh, they definitely plan on uh, – at least it seems like they're putting on uh, bigger names in the division. And Adam Cole and Colorado Wolf both would be bigger names to put in that division. Of course, traditionally, uh, they haven't had what I would consider main event names in the Cruiserweight division. Uh, recently, at least. Uh, they had guys like, uh, who were like largely mid-card guys. Kashida's the guy that you probably say is a, could be a potential main event potential main event down the road for uh, NXT. He's obviously one of the biggest big stars internationally, but as far as North America fans who didn't follow New Japan might not know him as well, so it would take a little bit of a, you know, might take a little bit of a bit of getting fans up to speed before you control him a true main event in NXT. Uh, but overall, like I said, if they start including like names like Adam Cole, uh, people like uh, Kyle Riley, in in division, it could it it could definitely work. So, yes, I that we had some technical issues, so some sounds was playing, and was this working? Anyway, back into the wrestling stuff. Uh, I I'm a big fan of them getting the Christmas division going back on because a lot of the mid card people tend to be some of the smaller guys, and they don't get attention, and this will give them something to fight for that's important. And as long as you if you present it as important, people will treat it as important. There's been so many times in WWE history where, oh, we're going to push the Crusader Division. Now, now we don't give a shit about it. Oh, we're going to push the Division. Now we don't give a shit about it. They need to consistently keep it keep it strong. I'm not saying it needs to be the main event on every show every week, but the Cruiserweight Division, by right, should be a main event caliber belt. Pretty regular. Uh, the cruiserweight title should be ahead of the of the NXT North American title because technically the cruiserweight title you should be the, the, the you, your division champion in the world basically NXT I mean I know they don't necessarily promote them that way as far as like the North North American title they don't they don't call things quote secondary titles that's what it is if there is a quote league title or world title and you have a title that's not that world title. It's a secondary title. However, the cruiserweight title, you're still the best in the world at, at your weight. So that means something. That's a more meaningful title than the uh, North American title. I'm wrong. All titles are great, even though it's wrestling and suggestive. Somebody just hands you the belt. But they do, theoretically, do have at least some form of belief in you that you're worthy of representing something to the company. They see value in it. And the cruiserweight title should be in a very, very important role. Uh, back when, back when I first really started paying you know, big attention to like you know small wrestlers, would have been like uh, the junior heavyweight divisions in New Japan in the, in the mid nineties, as well as the WCW uh, cruiserweight division. Even though I'd seen a little bit, I, I think I, I think I saw, I think the first time I saw a lighter weight. Uh, Division was world class championship wrestling. I think they had a lightweight uh, 
division they um, didn't really ever completely take off, but I think they first started going. And actually, I remember, I actually remember Fritz von Erich when he was like, you know, he was, he was the, uh, at the time he had been announced as the front man, uh, I don't know if he was commissioner or president of the World Class, but he was the, he was the owner in, in, in charge of the general. I think a lot of people knew that at the time, but he was, you know, the TV figurehead as well. He said, we're going to, sp- I remember he, he, he uh, did some sort of interview said, we're going to experiment with a lightweight belt. When he said, we're going to experiment with a lightweight belt, what I thought he meant was, I thought he were, they were going to take the heavyweight title or the, the championship at the time that they had and make it a smaller belt. I did not realize he was talking about a lightweight division. So that was something always that was funny to me as a kid. He's like, we're going to experiment with a new light, lightweight belt. I'm like, okay. Like, Why do they need to make the belt smaller? Anyway, uh, good luck to the uh, talent because that, that would only be, that would benefit not only the talent that's already on the roster, but that would benefit the talent internationally as well. You know, that give more people more reason to come to WWE and see a lot more styles, a lot more luchadors, a lot more Japanese uh, junior heavyweights, et cetera, et cetera. So, and the other thing is, uh, I know in America we used to like you know larger talent, but uh, larger people is not really the standard across the world. Uh, most athletes are going to be cruiserweights in the world as opposed to heavyweights. That's just the way the world works. And in America, we're used to seeing bigger people because we are a larger plus-size country, but that's not really the way most the rest of the world works. Um, like I did mention earlier, uh, WWE is still always scouting talent, even though they released a bunch of it. Uh, this is actually going to be the performance of this week, according to SC Scoops. Uh, Fightful Selects also reporting this, that uh, he's going to be there to visit Thursday, most likely. Uh, they gonna, they want to replenish the main roster with NXT talent. Uh, basically, WWE has cut various wrestlers of the last few months in addition to having a repetitive match on TV. to appears to would like to meet some new faces on the main roster. Yes, because, you know, he's never any feuds with the same people. Kind of boring, even if he likes under talent. I don't like the, I don't need to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens anytime in the near future again. Uh, they have had some NXT talent backstage at Raw and SmackDown to do dark matches. Uh, Karrion Cross, NXT champion, as well as the NXT North American champion, Ross Reed, competed in matches that were taped for WWE Man a bit, uh, last week. Uh, Scarlett did have a dark match against Sasha, Shotzi Blackheart. She wasn't with, uh, Karrion Cross for his, uh, dark match though. Uh, so that means, you know, Ember Moon, yes. Uh, I mean, she was a tag team champion with Ember Moon rather than Black Heart. So, uh, and they did their dark match at Black Sweet Smackdown. Uh, apparently, all three of the people mentioned there, Cross, Scarlet, and Blackheart, were backstage at Raw uh, to work matches last week. So it looks like WWE's sort of trying these people out just who to call us. I mean, Russell to have the draft take place after SummerSlam, so. Again, uh, I probably mentioned this before as well. It's stupid to call it a draft. It's not really a draft. If it was a draft, they basically put everybody in a giant pool, and then they literally would just pick everybody from that pool, and you can gradually see who come off the board. That's what a draft is. Basically, what they're doing is they say they have a couple rounds, and they say you're going to – the way they do it, the way they previously do it, Raw picks three, then SmackDown picks two. Raw picks three, then SmackDown picks two, or, you know, some version of that. 
And then, you know, there's some people who don't get drafted, et cetera, et cetera. But if, if, if you're going to do a draft, make it a, basically a completely clean slate and do it that way. But that's not how they do it. At least last I checked. Maybe they'll change it up a little bit this way or something. But. And it's also weird when they have a supplemental draft. How do you have a supplemental draft when everybody's already under contract anyway? You are just the people that are left over. <laughs> and we got to put you somewhere because you're still on the contract. Uh, in addition to that, uh, WWE is also going to be having uh, tryouts in Vegas. Uh, interest, another interesting uh, part about this is the application sort of reveals uh, who, uh, what traits, superstar traits that WWE is looking for. Uh, here are some of the things that they uh, list for what they're looking for. And this is they, they don't necessarily tell you directly that uh, this is exactly what you got to have, but just by looking at this information, it tells you kind of what they're looking for. Uh, they ask for you some information like uh, contact information, physical build, questions on experience within wrestling. They also uh, have any questions. They ask, uh, do you have any acting or public speaking experience near airport city? You've got military or athletic background. Uh, they speak any foreign languages. So if you kind of see what they're doing, they're, they're looking for people with diverse backgrounds, might have some background and stuff beyond just wrestling, but any sport, uh, military background, definitely a plus. They definitely like to uh, promote uh, that aspect of people's careers if, if you see if you're available. I think also, you know, in addition to, you know, the, you know, the heroic uh, aspect of that that they can sell, there's also the, they, they would think if you've been in the military that they can trust you to show up on time and do things correctly because, you know, you've shown that you could do that. Assuming you left the military with, you know, honorably discharged and you, know, you fulfilled your contract, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a, a couple of different reasons they look for, they're looking for that particular thing. Um, they're also asking if, uh, what kind of background just fits your experience, whether you're an athlete, wrestler, referee, other. So they're definitely looking for talent beyond just a uh, sports entertainer. Although it's interesting, they do put wrestler on it. I thought you weren't allowed to be a wrestler. I thought it was simply sports entertainer. So uh, definitely interesting thing. Do include the word wrestler on that. But uh, these trials will be around SummerSlam. Uh, interesting, I guess Tony, not Tony Khan, Nick Khan rather wants. Uh, wants Las Vegas to be a big focal point within pro wrestling. They definitely want to make it a pro wrestling destination style city. Obviously, they're going to be at Allegiant Stadium. That's where the Raiders play in Vegas. Uh, they're going to be doing SummerSlam there. Uh, the trials will be invitation only. It'll be Wednesday, August 18th to Friday, August 20th. Uh, SummerSlam is going to be the Sunday. Also, this is David screwed up uh, on this uh, SEC article, by the way, because it says Wednesday 18th to Friday 20th, and then it says SummerSlam takes place, place Sunday, August 21st, and Wednesday Stadium. Obviously, if Friday's the 20th, Sunday cannot be the 21st. So I apologize. One, at least one of these dates is wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure which date is wrong, but at least one of them is. 
anyway, uh, I assume the Wednesday, Friday part is correct. I don't know if those are the correct dates for Wednesday, Friday. And I don't know if that's the right. So, I don't, I'm not that concerned since it's, since it's almost two months out. I don't think I'm going to screw anybody up if I don't give them the exact correct dates. So, I'm not going to worry about Googling that right now. You can look it up yourself. You have plenty of time. I'm assuming you're going to probably listen to this in the next week. Interesting uh, side note. Uh, let's get into some AEW stuff. Uh, Eddie Kingston said he would return to Ring of Honor, which I thought was weird for a guy that's on AEW roster to say that. But he said specifically to help his friend Homicide. Uh, he said he would go for Ring of Honor as part of the ongoing Forbidden Door. He's to see AEW, Impact, NWA, and, all, and uh, New Japan all work together with that year. Uh, this is a quote from him. Me and Homicide got to ring the bottom of the ass. It's what we wanted to do. And, of course, we have the same attitude. If we're going to do something, it might as well be for championship to get a title shot. Kingston began discussing when he and Homicide became a tag team for in 2013 for Ring of Honor. Uh, Eddie Kingston on Ring of Honor. We didn't get along with Bobby and Kyle. Surprised we don't get along with other people. Referring to NXT stars Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley. Ring of Honor champions at the time when Homicide and NXT attacked on their first night back in the promotion. They know that. They don't like us either. God bless them. I'm happy for both of them and don't want to knock anybody's hustle. Competition is competition. We got the match. It was fun. I didn't like it and we got suspended. So, uh, definitely interesting. Like I said, wrestling is just sort of that way. One minute you're friends with somebody, one minute you're interviewing with somebody. Uh, so I guess him and Homicide are in, on good terms again. Uh, obviously, you know, he was, he was on bad terms with John Moxley, but he was on good terms with John Moxley. He was on bad terms with, uh, 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 Pinta, and now he's on decent terms, I guess, with him again because <laughs> they've been they've been teamed together. So, but that's just the way the world wrestling works. Your enemy, your friend, your friend, your enemy. That's the way it works. Uh, here's something I thought was interesting. I was confused by it at first. Uh, the former Alistair Black. Most likely it'll be going by Tommy Ng going forward. That was his name back in the Indies days. But he's announced a sponsorship with Hayabusa. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how he got a, a sponsorship with Hayabusa. But apparently there's a sports apparel and equipment company named Hayabusa. Because <laughs> for the, for, I originally thought that he was actually getting an endorsement by the rest of us. Like, that doesn't really make sense. Since when do wrestlers offer endorsements to each other? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of crazy. And especially considering, you know, he's no longer with us, you know, that made it even odder to me. But apparently, that's a, that's a separate company, Hayabusa. Uh, it does not appear to have any relationship, as far as I can tell, with uh, uh, the, the dearly departed wrestler, uh, Japanese legend, huge legend in the uh, high-flying style as well. But, you know, it's good to see... Uh, Alistair Black slash Tommy and, you know, making that money. Uh, he did also appear on, uh, uh Renee Pockets, uh, formerly Renee Young's, uh, Oral Sessions podcast. He mentioned some of the wrestlers he wants to wrestle in his post of the career. They include Sammy Callahan, Moose, uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Chris Daniels, uh, Jungle Boy, Powerhouse Haas, Brian Cage, Brody King, 
homicide. Said I think homicide is going to see a lot of homicide in respect. It is fake. It's another one. So, you know, like I said, it does appear out. There is a, an upside sometimes when you leave or especially with the forbidden door being open. There's a lot of opportunities out there that previously might not have been out there. So, or the WWE would ever open a forbidden door. How they Actually, I take that back. I think, uh, I know there's rumors that WWE is going to sell sometime in the next few years. And part of what Nick Khan doing is sort of getting the books together for that. I think, I don't think under Vince, uh, WWE would open the forbidden door. But I do think, uh, under new ownership, there might be a possibility. Uh, I think. Whoever the new owner is would be a lot less uh, restrictive about that. So that's just my thoughts. This is this isn't based on anything that I've heard. So uh, just definitely something to take under advisement. Uh, next, we have some sad news. Uh, I think we previously mentioned uh, Don West from uh, he was formerly uh, a teammate announcer commentator. Um, as well as he did a lot of the promotion and stuff behind the scenes as well. Uh, he helped uh, set up their uh, TNA shop and stuff like that. Uh, he's been uh, working, hosting the Don West show on uh, News Radio 560 KPQ. Uh, sadly, he's dealing with uh, a lymphoma diagnosis. Uh, they have set up a GoFundMe, so if you want to contribute to it, you can just go to go, GoFundMe. Uh, but he is hoping to return, so uh, he's uh, hope for him. I am praying that chemotherapy will help me heal fast, and hopefully, I'll be back on the radio soon. So it does seem like you know, you know, obviously, any kind of sort of ca- cancer diagnosis is, is bad, but it does appear that uh, he does have hope, and that's a wonderful thing. Is it? Generally, once you lose hope, that's it is over for you, but apparently he does have a good chance for recovery. Uh, there have been uh, some um, some large name, big name talent is donated, as well as a bunch of anonymous donors as well. Uh, last I checked earlier, prior to starting and recording of today's show, he he had uh, raised up to fourteen thousand. So, uh, if you'd like to contribute, please. Go ahead and do so. Again, just go to GoFundMe. And, uh, I mean, I, I'll actually get the, the, the exact title for you right now. The exact title is Join the Don West Tag Team Against the Former. So that is what, actually it's up to 19,000 now. So just, it appears just in the time since I've been on here, like $5,000 has been donated. So, so uh, you can't do that without doing it now. Made an impact in life, or just... Last but not least, uh, it concludes in the blood and glass match between Pinnacle and the Shovel last month. MJF threw Jericho off the cage. There was some time from WWE's crew, this is made fun of online, so uh, Jericho did address to rest of WWE recruit for Bump during the Saturday Night live stream. Uh, here are some quotes from him. Uh, best of luck to anybody in our business, anybody that bags or somebody who's taking chances of putting their bodies on the line. You can really F off. Uh, I'm not really sure if he said F off. 
or it's a quote, does not print it out. So I'm guessing that I'm guessing since it says F with three asterisks, I'm guessing he said he didn't say F off. But I'm, I'm just gonna go with that because even though this is technically a PG show, we try to limit our F bombs. Every now and again, I'll let one slip off. Every now and again, I'll let the SH bomb slip off. But we try to we try not to go there. We we try to limit it to dams and asses and some, maybe some hells. <laughs> but you know, we try to we try to avoid the, the most aggressive, or as my friend comedian Kobe Black says, those full throttle words. That's right. He calls them full throttle words. <laughs> or actually, I think his dad is the one who called it. And, um, and he just referenced it. Yeah. We, we try to avoid that on this particular show. Although in real life, I'll, I'll use this some. But again, I'm of the belief system that it's okay to curse. I don't even, I don't even mind the worse curse words, but curse words are seasoning. They're not the meal. So, you know, you can throw them in every now and again. So I know I've heard people say, you don't curse on such. Yeah, I do. I just don't do it enough. Like, I, I like to be exclamation points occasionally, you know? Oh, yeah, speaking of on stage, before I continue with this Jericho, this, I want to make sure I don't get my shame, forget my shameless promotion. Uh, I will be performing at Chester's in Chester, at Chesterton, Indiana, at July 9th. Again, it's Chester's, July 9th, uh, with my improv uh, team, Disposable Theater. So we'll be doing that July 9th, so we need tricks for that. We'll also be performing at Anderson Winery, uh, end of July and into August. Uh, you can go to Disposable Theater's uh, website to get the dates and uh, more information regarding these things. Obviously, every Wednesday night at Deep Point Field in the Miller Beach, Miller Beach section of Deer, Indiana, uh, I host my open mic. Uh, or I should say, most weeks I host. In case I do let some special guest hosts uh, cover it, but I produce it every week. Uh, so definitely come check that out. Uh, doors for that. Uh, open at 7 o'clock Central Time. Uh, pretty much any time I give you will be Central Time. We're on Central Time here. Most of the time, that's the time zone I'm performing. So, unless I state otherwise, assume that you mean Central Time. So, happy hour starts at 7 o'clock. We have giveaways uh, for that. And then the show starts around 8 to 8.30. So, definitely come check that out and have a good time. Once again, it's free. And then we provide the opportunity for anybody who wants to sign up and do stand up, kind of a laugh. And whether you're a first timer or a veteran, it's a place where, you know, a local comedy scene hangs out. So even if you don't want to perform, you can just sort of hang out with comedians. It's another fun thing to do. And by the way, you know, you, know, you, you, might, you, might, you might be somebody who's going to be a celebrity soon. Because, you know, open mics is where we sort of work, and work our craft and, you know, develop ourselves. So we need an audience that helps to have people there that weren't just comedians. We want to actually see some people who just want to laugh. So come on out and enjoy it. And, of course, we do have uh, food for sale and some other things available for purchase as well. So definitely come check that out. Anyway, uh, back, back to the Jericho business. Uh, here's some other comments you made. There's a couple of chicks in WWE who said some stuff and they probably shouldn't have said that. They probably weren't trained any better. And in six months, they'll probably be asking us for a job anyways. And I remember that. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, and when you, at first when he when he said a couple of chicks, I thought maybe is he being like homophobic or is he being uh, misogynistic? But apparently, uh, with Shayna Baszler and Chelsea Blackler, I guess it is kind of still say we call them chase versus and women or you know, female superstars or just you know these wrestlers. There's probably other ways he could have put that better, but it didn't quite mean what it could have meant if he was referring to somebody else. So. I guess that's slightly better. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, Shayna Baszler and Shadi Black are uh, posted about it. Uh, Baszler actually posted follow the after match. We don't actually want a village to be burned by a dragon in Game of Thrones. If if they did that, that would be especially bad. But the special effects would have been garbage. It would have been sucked, and also everyone would have said so. So, and I have to agree with her. Again, it was like it's, like I said, the, the bump itself was. Uh, the bump looked cool until it landed. Obviously, you don't you don't want the guy to break his neck or you know be concussed or anything. But when it's a blatantly when you put a blatantly bad path there, it looks bad. I would rather not see the bump. Or the other thing is you can you do it with the camera angles. If you if you have the right camera angle, it doesn't really matter how you land. You can land on the softest thing in the world and nobody notice. You just don't want it to be obvious that you landed on something soft and then sell it as, as, as you almost died. That's silly. <laughs> so yeah, I have to I have to side with the chicks he discussed on this. <laughs> but anyway, that about covers it for this week. Uh, this has been Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host King David Lane, and we'll be back next week. So thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.